Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, NBA Finals picks on the way. Baseball, far bigger issues than spider tack or the shift. Your calls today and the traditional Friday, who you got? All that and a whole lot more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Obviously, anyone that's testing positive, help them, you know, be as healthy as can be. Uh, what do we know and what should we expect uh, in terms of what could happen to this series moving forward? Party, it's unclear at this point. Unclear is putting it mildly. Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless All-Star outfielder Aaron Judge among six Yankee players who test positive for COVID yesterday, forcing the postponement of their game against the Red Sox last night that was going to be a standalone opening to the second half of the season. This testing positive also puts into serious question many other players on the American League All-Star team who, as we speak, have undergone tests to ensure they didn't contract the virus, and we will get updates on all of those today. It is possible that we will get news on that while we are on the air. Obviously, we have our ears to the ground, and we have Buster joining us shortly. In addition to Judge, Gio Urshela and Kyle Higashioka are in the league's COVID-19 protocols after testing positive on rapids. They're awaiting confirmation from a test with greater Accuracy Again, with the po- confirmed positives, these players going on the COVID-19 list. Brian Cashman saying yesterday it's a fluid situation that could spread. It has spread to some degree. This has all sorts of ramifications. It begins, obviously, with the most important ones, and those are the health ramifications for all of this. You hope that all of these players are going to come out of this just fine, and there is every reason to be optimistic that they will. The impact that it has on the baseball season, however, has the potential to be enormous when you consider what we just saw. I have this vision in my head of Aaron Judge standing on the field Tuesday night in Denver next to the wife of Henry Aaron, who is obviously an an elderly person, and then, of course, being in contact with all of the other American League All-Stars. Did he get it from them? Did they get it from him? We're going to find out the answers to all of these questions. But is this Yankee Red Sox series, which we have been describing accurately as so critical to the rest of the Yankees season and maybe the direction they take heading into the trade deadline, is the entire series now in jeopardy? I think the answer to that is definitively yes. Will it be called off? That we will probably find out as this day goes. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. And Hembo, my vice president of Baseball Insight, quickly, for those who've not been with us, you have described the next two weeks of the Yankee season as being a stretch of time that could easily determine the future for the next three or four years of their franchise and thus in so many ways of the entire American League. Why is that? The next two weeks were going to be treacherous no matter what. They have the toughest schedule in baseball through the month of July. And that had nothing to do with, of course, the news that came about yesterday. So I think you can make a very reasonable argument that their general manager, Brian Cashman, has more pressure on him than any single person in the game of baseball does over the next two weeks. And, and it is, of course, for all of us, straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise, a painful reminder that while we have made such enormous strides with vaccination and everything else um, from where we were, that we're not out of this yet. And I want to wish uh, the very best to my friend, Rich Eisen. I'm sure many of you saw him Yesterday, posting on Instagram the message that while he is double vaccinated, that he tested positive for COVID. And and if you read his entire post, there is a lengthy explanation, as he says, of the fact that he 
Doctors have told him that were he not vaccinated, he could be facing a very serious situation right now. So um, I I just want to wish the best to Rich. I exchanged brief texts with him yesterday. I've known him forever. Uh, Many of you probably now only know him from NFL Network, but he worked at ESPN for many years before then. And I've known Rich now for almost 25 years. Um, So, again, from all of us here, our very best to Rich Eisen. Every reason to believe he's going to be fine. Every reason to believe all these players are going to be fine. But so, again, it it acts as two things. One is a is a. You know, an unfortunate reminder that this is not over as much as sometimes it feels like it is. And we would so desperately love it to be. And then there is and it's 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 it's, it's appropriate to discuss on a sports talk show the impact that it has on the sports world. And that I think right now has the potential to be enormous for the Yankees at minimum and maybe for the entire American League. So again, Buster will join me live here in about 10 minutes and we will get to the very latest on that. He has an enormous amount of insight into the consequences we are facing here. In the meantime, you ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. And here's the question of the day and we're going to find out the answer for certain tomorrow night. What matters more in a playoff series? Home court advantage or momentum? And I say that because as the NBA Finals continue tomorrow night in Phoenix, I thought Zach Lowe put it very well with us on Get Up this morning when he said the series has become very boxy. It's become sort of a boxy series. The way they've played, it has really shifted to Milwaukee's advantage. And, and much the much-criticized head coach there, Mike Budenholzer, I will give him a lot of credit for the adjustments that he's made. Having Drew Holiday and others pick up Chris Paul uh, in the backcourt, I think it has uh, tired Paul out. I think it is having an impact on him, and that is part of the reason that Paul has played the way he has. I think the way they have adjusted their offense, the way they've been using Giannis, the way they've been using Chris Middleton, I think they've made effective adjustments. They've turned the game in their direction, and of course all that happened in their own building in these last two games. But the home team has not lost a game in this series. So is it as simple as you go back to Phoenix and, you know, as the old adage says, the role players all of a sudden start playing better? Historically, that has been the case. But what I'm always reminded of when we have this conversation And look, guys like Jalen, they know much more about this than I do. And maybe this doesn't apply as much because those teams that I'm about to reference were so were were championship hardened and they had so many great veterans. But I remember Phil Jackson telling me on more than one occasion when I covered the Bulls in the mid 90s that he always preferred playing on the road. He always thought his team was better on the road because you get away from so many distractions, in particular in the finals. He talked at length about all of the ticket requests and all the other things. Every player playing in the finals has like 12 relatives that come and stay. You know, everyone wants to come. They want to be there. And it's understandable. If I was playing in the NBA finals, I'd have a lot of people who wanted tickets and wanted to come be with me. And that would, to whatever degree it did, detract from my focus or distract from my focus. And Phil always said, He loved being on the road. He loved having the entire team. You're just in a hotel. It's you against the world. He loved it. And look, his teams had great players. They were led by great veterans. And they were great on the road. During the Bulls' six title-winning seasons, they were 35-17 and on the road. And I'm just thinking through the finals. I'm doing this off the top of my head. The year they played Phoenix in 93, they played three games in Phoenix and won all three. Mm Mm-hmm. They won games one, two, and six on the road in Phoenix. They went one and two at home in that series. And I don't have just the finals numbers in front of me. Now they were 55 and nine at home in the playoffs during that stretch as well. So they won pretty much anywhere they went. So maybe that isn't a particularly good measure 
of that. But one way or another, I think we will find out the answer. And Jalen said on TV this morning, whoever wins game five is going to win the championship. Jalen looked right in the camera and said that. And I think we will find out which matters more, home court advantage or momentum. So, Hembo, let me come back to you here because you have context on NBA home court advantage mattering more than in other sports, and it comes from Vegas. It does. So in the NBA, the home teams in the playoffs win about 65% of their games. In, the, in hockey, it's 57%. In baseball, it's 55%. So the numbers suggest that home court advantage in the NBA matters more than it does in any other series sport that we have. And the Vegas angle that I think is so interesting is that they view these teams as essentially identical. The games that are being played in Phoenix, Phoenix is a four-point favorite. Games that are being played in Milwaukee, Milwaukee's a four-point favorite. That's how much the crowd matters in this series. Yeah, and look, that makes a lot of sense to me, and it has played out that way. And through four games, the point differential is Milwaukee plus three. The Bucks have scored three more points in four games combined than the Suns have. So it's been as dead even as dead even can be, which brings up the question, and I'll ask it to the members of the hashtag crew. Mm. Hashtag Nuno, who is my vice president of basketball passion, who wins this thing? And who, ha- who has the edge here? you got home court advantage versus momentum. Who's going to win this championship in the next week? I think the Bucks will. Because I, you're buying into the Bucksy nature of the series? Not that quite. I'm also buying into the fact that I think something is wrong with Chris Paul. Mm. Because if not, if there isn't a health issue with him, I, then I'm going to go and start destroying him and say, hey, he, the pressure is getting to him. Um, but I just think there is something there his play hasn't been up to par, and I think they just take advantage of it. Well, I can give you answers that I got on TV to that because I brought that up to Richard Jefferson, and he shot it down. He cut me off in the middle of a question, and he was like, no, 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 Greeny, don't do that. Don't make excuses here. He went in on Chris Paul a little bit today, and then when I brought it up to Jalen, Jalen said, Greeny, he's getting old. These guys have put together a defensive strategy that is wearing him down, and you are seeing his age on display. So whatever the reason, I agree with you. Chris Paul has become a major X factor in this series. Hashtag Bubba, who's going to win the championship? If there is a game seven, it'll be next Thursday night. So in the next week, we will have an NBA champion. Bubba, who's it going to be? I am sticking with the home court, and I am going with the Suns. Suns in seven? Yeah, I'm going to go seven. Suns in seven next Thursday. Devin, I'll give you a pick here. What do you think? Who's going to win the championship in the next week? I'm going Bucks in seven. Bucks in seven. So they're going to do it on the road. He flies in the face of all logic, which candidly is very much in keeping with his personality. <laughs> Hemba, who's going to win? I like the Suns in seven. I think, like Bubba said, the home team wins every single game. I like the Bucks in six. I think they win tomorrow night. I think they bring it home, and they win the championship. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. All right, Buster will join us next with the very latest on this outbreak of COVID with the Yankees. What does it mean for the entire American League? And then, 25 years ago, One legend might have had the best week in the history of sports. I'll tell you who and why next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin at home. Just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Now playing ESPN Radio. You're the leader of the team as a quarterback, and the questions are going to come out. How much do you love football? More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, Monday starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and on the ESPN app. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, 
happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests like Buster only in 30 seconds on the Goodyear hotline. Also coming up in just a few minutes, I will tell you how 25 years ago this week, one of the greatest players in sports history had maybe the best week in sports history. So that is coming your way in just a few minutes. And again, Buster in 30 seconds after this word from ZipRecruiter. The football offseason is always wild with trades and free agent signings and new coaching hires. Teams have to be excited for the coming season. And if you want to hire people that you're excited about, team up with ZipRecruiter. With matching technology, that finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. You can try ZipRecruiter free by going to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And with that, we bring in my friend, the one, the only, Robert Stanberry, only the third. Buster, good morning again. Greeny, how are you doing? Well, I'm well. And, and obviously, you know, we have serious matters to get into here. And it's the last thing in the world we wanted to be talking about. At, at this stage of our lives and at this stage of the baseball season. But what can you tell us for the, for the fans who have not been following this closely, just sort of set the entire scene of exactly what's going on right now with the Yankees and potentially multiple other teams and players in the American League? Yeah, so what we're going to find out probably, <clears throat> at least some of it in the next two or three hours, are the tests from yesterday that were given to three Yankee position players, Aaron Judge, Kyle Agashioka, uh, the backup catcher and Gio Urshela, <clears throat> they all uh, in in their testing yesterday initially tested positive. So they did some follow up. They'll get those results today, and that'll give Major League Baseball and the Yankees full context as they decide what to do about tonight's game against the Red Sox and maybe even the series. You know, this would mean that the Yankees would be without six players uh, who test positive. But it's not only about the Yankees because Aaron Judge was just at the All Star game. I was on the field at Yankee Stadium yesterday when 
you know, word came out to the Red Sox as they were taking batting practice that their all-stars, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, others have to be tested. All-stars all around baseball today have to be tested because of Aaron Judge's positive test. So there could be a lot more dominoes that come out of this just uh, other than the Yankees and Red Sox. Absolutely. And obviously you're making all the phone calls. And as soon as there is any word, uh, you will let us know and everybody else knows. In the meantime, I, I don't even like to conflate the two because there is there is no good time for something like this to happen. But I can't fathom a worse time for it to happen for the Yankees from a baseball perspective than it does here. How, how does I mean, Hembo has been telling us repeatedly they have the, the toughest schedule in the sport the next two weeks, and it is a critical little junction or juncture as they decide what they're going to do with the rest of their season. How do you see this impacting that? Yeah, they're right at the tipping point as we start the second half. They're eight games behind the Boston Red Sox. They have on their schedule uh, eight of the first ten games uh, out of the break against the Red Sox, a team they haven't beaten this year a team that they're chasing in the American League East. And now it looks like that they're going to lose their best player uh, indefinitely. Um, you, you know, we don't know if he's even going to appear in a game again before the trade deadline. And so I would imagine Brian Cashman, the Yankees general manager, who was already out in the trade market and talking with other teams, probably last night was beginning to think of those alternatives. Uh, he, he'd been especially focused on the center field market, but at this point, you got to believe he'll just take an outfielder. Like, they need a veteran outfielder. Um, you know, I thought of this last night when Jock Peterson was traded from the Cubs to the Braves. Uh, that deal went down. He would have been absolutely perfect for the Yankees. But from what I understand this morning, that deal was at the one-yard line early yesterday afternoon and essentially off the table by the time the judge news broke. And so you talk about the Yankees in this context as though they are buyers. Do you view them that way, sort of irregardless of what happens over the course of the next two weeks here? Because I've I've heard some speculation that the Yankees could theoretically, if things went sideways the first two weeks of this second half, uh, go in the other direction. What I'm hearing from executives of other teams is the Yankees are absolutely buyers, which makes sense in this moment because they're four and a half games out in the wild card, which is hardly a you know, deficit you can't overcome. But on top of that, you're right in the prime of Garrett Cole's career, and you're paying him, what, $35 million a year. You're mm. right in the prime of Giancarlo Stanton's career. He's making $30 million a year. You've only got a year and two months until Aaron Judge becomes a free agent. So it makes sense, I think, that the Yankees will add. And the interesting part is, is that let's say that they did collapse the next two weeks there's no doubt that the, that the player who would make the most sense for them to market before the deadline would be Aaron Judge mm. uh, and to see what they could get for him if they completely collapse. But now, you know, you, you wonder how all this will affect that possibility uh, for, for Brian Cashman to explore. Buster with us on the Goodyear hotline helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. And you mentioned Jock Peterson traded from the Cubs. He's just one of several super high-profile members of that World Series championship team that we were all expecting to see dealt in the next two weeks. And you and I talked about this a little bit on TV this morning, and, and Hembo and I are going to go into it a little later today. You know, But this is a, a team that will be beloved by Chicago fans, and I think baseball fans all over the country, for having broken the streak at, from 1908 and finally winning that championship. 
But when you look at that, that looked like it should have been a dynasty buster with all those young players that they were all homegrown. And now they're going to trade off a bunch of them. Why did this happen? How are we? How did we get to a point five years later where they have to break this thing up? <laughs> yeah, and I think you'll agree with me that there's a great historical comp for the 2016 Cubs in the 1986 Mets. Yeah. Uh, this team of enormous talent. Uh, again, the expectation that they were going to have a dynasty. And when we look back, despite all that talent, they won one championship. I think for the Cubs, a couple of things. One, uh, they were never able, they haven't been able, uh, since Theo Epstein took over that franchise uh, and left last fall, they weren't able to develop a consistent internal pipeline of pitching in the way that the Dodgers and Rays did. And number two, I think it became really hard for those guys, the core position players, to be champions, the Cubs in Chicago. Uh, I remember when I covered the Yankees, you know, the team that won four championships in five years. By the time they got to their third or fourth championship, they were worn out being them, always being the team that was being chased, always being the focus of everything. And Greeny, that was at a time when there was no social media. Now with social media, I, I, I really do feel like that the joy went out of that team. You know, Chris Bryant gave some voice to that during the course of the wintertime when he mentioned, you know, playing baseball wasn't as much fun for him anymore. Mm. That's, it's a terrible shame that that went the way that it went because that really looked like it had a chance to be something fun to watch for a very long time. Buster, do you have a second? Because I'm going to change the topic completely, oh, yeah. but something I think you will enjoy. Do you have a minute? Oh, yeah. Okay, stick around. So, so this, th- I want to repeat something that happened yesterday, and I think we should offer apologies. L- let's make this I'm sorry what. I'm sorry what? I'm sorry what? I'm sorry what? I'm sorry what? We were so stupid yesterday, right? So, so what happened was, and again, I blame Eddie Johnson. Eddie Johnson, who is a, a fine NBA analyst, was supposed to join us, Buster, in this segment of the show. And he was not available for whatever reason. It fell through. It happens. And so we started kind of ad-libbing. And I found myself asking the question aloud, why are the NBA coaches dressed so casually while they're coaching these championship games? Like, the, 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 Mike Budenholzer is wearing a quarter zip. He looks like an assistant golf pro. And he's, he's drawing up, you know, plays in, in the NBA finals. Why does it look like no one is in charge here? And it, it, it descended into, like, a, a bunch of real stupidity. But the point is... It was then brought to my attention that months ago, I literally said the exact opposite thing. So what you're about to hear, Buster, are two pieces of sound. One of them was me talking yesterday. The other one will be me talking on March 12th. You ready? Here they come. Can we go back to dressing like someone's in charge in the NBA? What, what, what happened here? Why the hell are the coaches wearing a quarter zip to an NBA finals game? What's going on? Are they sneaking in 18 holes right before they get to the arena? Basketball coaches should continue to wear relaxed clothing. You know, it's kind of nice to see. Buster, Buster, they caught me red-handed. I mean, what could I do? Oh, my goodness. That is absolutely perfect for you to have that. I mean, I guess when you're on so many shows and you're saying so many words, you're going to lose track. But I love the fact that it's around clothes, okay? Because there's no question. And maybe it's related to, like, the sales season for you, right? It feels like a complete offense that the coaches would be dressed that way at the peak of the, the, the season when you should look at your best. 
Well, I have any number of, of, of excuses. One of them is that what I was talking about, and when I was saying that, we were still mm. in a bubble-like environment, which is to say the fans had not come back into the arenas yet, and it all looked so different. Somehow, it was easier to distinguish who the coach was when there were no other people in the room. But, but now, there were times and I'm watching the game, and I'm thinking, well, who's that guy? And I realize, oh, wait a minute, that's Mike Budenholzer. <laughs> He's the coach of the Bucks. Which brings me to another thing, over there only why the hell are managers still wearing uniforms in major league baseball do i need to see a 71 year old man in 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 cleats is he going to go out there and pitch the seventh inning if things go completely awry but why can't these guys be wearing something different help me with that robert so i'm going to tell you a quick story before i answer your question uh there was an older manager i once uh, went in and did a post-game interview and he was eating from like a, like a, some kind of a paper plate, you know, the post-game spread they mm-hmm. had. Yeah. And when he got done his meal and he was explaining to us why they had lost that night, he pulled out a sanitary sock and used that to pick his teeth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think baseball managers have been the best style masters. And I, but I would say this to you. If not for their baseball uniforms, what would you have them wear? Well, there are a lot of options. But now my no, mind, not. my mind is spinning with trying to guess which manager you're talking about, <laughs> and I got, I, I got a bunch of money on Don Zimmer. How how how, how close am I? You're wrong. Hit the buzzer. Okay, no, it wasn't Don Zimmer. Jimmy Leland. You won't get it. You uh, won't get it. I'll tell you in private. I do not want to embarrass this person, okay. but uh, it's a story that lives in infamy among baseball writers. Okay, fair enough. All right, then let's go back to what they could be. They could be wearing any number of things. Like, was it Walter no. Alston who used to manage games in a suit? Connie Mack. Connie Mack? Connie Mack. Connie Mack managed games in a suit? Now, I don't know that I would go. Maybe they should be wearing what the basketball coaches are currently wearing, which is like team, like team stuff, uh-huh. but, but a little more but no baseball pants. Casual. They don't need to be wearing cleats. Are they wearing <laughs> cleats? The I mean, turf. They're wearing turf. The, the, but I don't understand it. Anyway, it's, it's one of those things that has always puzzled me, Robert. And, you know, that's just sort of the way my mind works. But with that ridiculous thought in mind, uh, please come back to us with any really serious news, if there should be any, in the next hour and a half. And otherwise, have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. We'll do, Granny. Good to talk with you. That's the great Buster Olney with me here. Robert Stanbury, Olney the third. That was, there's really, I have no other excuse, but I will say that there is, the game looked so different when they were in the bubble last year and then even in what can only be described as the bubble-like conditions. It didn't matter where the game was being played. Right. The United Center, Madison Square Garden, it made no difference. They, there were still no fans. They still had the... You know, whatever it is they were doing with the seats and creating a backdrop that Mm -hmm. made it try to look like something normal. And for maybe because everything was so abnormal, you didn't even notice like the coach being in a quarter zip was like the least unusual thing (laughs) that was going on. I I think I didn't even notice it. Now, you know, it stands out. It It stands out. It definitely does. By the way, Connie Mack, uh, his first season as a manager was 1894. His last was 1950. <laughs> so I suppose we should have provided him an exception. He managed for 56 years. Uh, the NBA Finals, of course, are here on ESPN Radio. Tomorrow night, the critical Game 5 presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. The scoop. Meanwhile, I just want you to know this. 25 years ago this week, one of the greatest players of all time had maybe the greatest week in sports history even though he wasn't playing anymore. The person I'm talking about is Jerry West. 
25 years ago this week, Jerry West was the general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers. On July 11th, 1996, he traded for Kobe Bryant. A week later to the day, July 18th, he signed Shaquille O'Neal as a free agent. I ask you, has any general manager in any sport ever had a better week than Jerry West did 25 years ago? I have a couple of thoughts, but that's got to be right up there. When you get Shaq and Kobe in the span of seven days, that is going to be awfully difficult to top. I can try. I did a little digging. 19, excuse me, 1965, the Chicago Bears on consecutive draft picks took Dick Butkus and Gale Sayers. Dick Butkus was the third pick in the 65 draft. Gale Sayers was the fourth pick. So I don't know how much time were between picks in those days. They've changed that many times. But in the span of something like 10 minutes, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the Chicago Bears got Dick Butkus and Gale Sayers. That's ridiculously good. The greatest draft class of all time, and this goes back to a time when the entire draft was done on one day, so this would have all happened in one day. The Pittsburgh Steelers in 1974 drafted four Hall of Famers in the same class and thus on the same day. So in one day, the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted Lynn Swan, Jack Lambert, John Stallworth, and Mike Webster. That's in one day. Four Hall of Famers. That's tough to beat. And Hembo, I assume you're the one who put it in here. April 30th, 1956, Red Auerbach traded for Bill Russell, drafted Tom Heinsohn, and drafted Casey Jones. So clearly, that's extraordinary. But I wonder how, I don't know how we compare these things, and maybe there's no obvious reason to, (laughs) but I I just thought it was fascinating. Jerry West, 25 years ago this week, traded for Kobe and signed Shaq within seven days of each other. I'm not old enough to remember how the Kobe trade news was received. Was that that considered a popular move? uh, It was, was, everyone knew it was coming. So so what happened was Kobe was coming out and he was, I was covering that draft. Mm -hmm. He made it very clear. He did not want to go to Charlotte. That's who had the pick. Um, he made it very clear he was only going to go to the Lakers. Like, like b- long before this was a thing. Right. Kobe, coming out of high school, coming out of Lower Marion High School in the Philadelphia area. But remember, his dad played in the NBA. This was a guy who he knew his way around. I mean, mm-hmm. Kobe was mature well beyond his years. He, everyone knew he was going to wind up with the Lakers. And so they, tra- they made that deal. Um, everyone knew it was coming. Like, the fact that there are pictures of him wearing the Charlotte stuff, I'm still surprised by. It's sort of like seeing Eli in the San Diego yeah. uh, Chargers stuff because everyone knew he wasn't going to play there. Maybe the better question is, did everyone know that he was going to be Kobe Bryant? That's, that's my question. Because well, I mean, at that time, Vladi Divac was a pretty good was a pretty Where good was player. he picked? 13th. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that should answer your question. Like, he wasn't the third pick in the draft right. or the first pick in the draft. Who that, Was that... That was ninety six. Was that the Chris Webber draft? Stand by, yeah. I, I think I'll, 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 I'll that was. I think that was. I remember. I was covering that draft. I think that was Webber, um, Jason Kidd, and who was the third guy in that? draft? No, that was the Iverson. Camby. Oh, that was the Iverson. That was that, was that year. Uh, Iverson, Marcus Camby, then Sharif Abdurrahim, Stephon Marbury, and Ray Allen. Those were the top five picks. Okay, in ninety six. Right. So I went, have the years wrong. Kobe went thirteenth. Th- you were thinking of. 
you were thinking it would have been earlier, I guess. I, Chris Webber would have been like 92. 93 or was Chris Webber. Yeah, and Glenn Robinson and Jason Kidd. These things all kind of start to meld together in your head. <laughs> but I, anyway, the, the, the point is he was very highly touted. But high school players coming directly from high school was not that much of a phenomenon. Like, it had happened years and years and years before with a guy like Moses Malone. But then prior to this, I think KG was really yeah. the first guy who did it. And I think this was only like a year later or so. Now we're just making things up. I, I think it was only about a year or so later. So players coming right from high school was a, a new phenomenon. Otherwise, obviously, Kobe, if, if, if Kobe, with his high school resume, were coming out in a draft – Five years later, mm-hmm. he probably would have been a top two or three pick. Mm-hmm. Yes, people knew he was that kind of good. So, anyway, that was 25 years ago this week. Uh, coming up next, it's time for your phone calls. We've not had enough calls on the show this week. Let's get them in. We'll just do the simple game of what do you want to know? You ask a question. If it's interesting enough to get through Bubba, it's getting on the air. What do you want to know? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your call's coming up after this time for some straight talk. You know, we've all been there. You have real work you need to do, but the free Wi-Fi where you're working isn't going to cut it. It's like leaving the winning run stranded on third base. Well, now you can be your own hotspot with Straight Talk's Ultimate Unlimited plan. Get 10 gigs of hotspot data for just 55 bucks a month, all on America's largest, most dependable networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Compatible device required. See straighttalk.com. Your call's next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. We've done a lot of talking, and now it's time for you. The question is, what do you want to know at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We will do our best to answer whatever sports question you have. If uh, Bubba found it interesting enough to get on the air. Bubba, who's our first call? Let's start with Bill. All right, Bill, what do you want to know? Good morning, Greeny. Uh, I know what you're trying to do with the best general manager in Shaq and Kobe, but should we give props to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers general manager for signing all 22 starters mm-hmm. from the championship team <laughs> yeah. for the first time in NFL history? Jason Light, that's a good point. Uh, you know who I think gets a lot of credit for that? Thomas Edward Brady. <laughs> don't you think? I mean, Brady is the guy guys don't, they don't want to leave. You think Chris Godwin, well, Chris Godwin got franchise tagged, so I guess he couldn't go anywhere. But you think all those guys are coming back if it's not for Brady? He's that, he's that kind of guy. Oh, Shaq Barrett and Gronk and Antonio Brown. Everyone wants to come back and get, get another bite at the apple. Yeah, the, 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 he's 
Brady is like the Pied Piper, and everybody yeah. just kind of follows him. So, yes, give Jason Light credit and give my man Mike Greenberg down there credit. Mike Greenberg, significant member of the front office there in Tampa, the second most important <laughs> Mike Greenberg title? in sports. Is that his title, significant member of front office? Well, I, I say that because I don't know his exact title. But we'll effort that. He's a VP of something. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, no, he's a very important dude. Sounds important. Yeah. He, he's way more important than I am. <laughs> um, he has a Super Bowl ring, and I don't. But, yeah, give credit to Jason Light. That's fair. Brings back all 22 from a chance championship team Bubba who's next let's go to Zach Zach you're on ESPN radio what do you want to know hey Greeny huge fan uh I just want to know if the Washington football team has any chance of acquiring Aaron Rodgers I mean I haven't heard that anywhere I I, I don't I don't have I don't believe so the the teams that you hear connected to Rodgers I've not heard that at all so I I don't believe so I believe if it, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded anytime soon. If he does, Denver is the team that you continue to hear. Obviously, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. My best guess right now is that he is not traded. Um, well, certainly not anytime soon. He would have to go so nuclear. Like I can't, I can't really imagine exactly what he'd have to do to get himself traded. Because whatever craziness is caused by his holding out, which I think there's a very good chance he does do, I don't think the Packers let that uh, force them into something they don't want to do. If you hold on to Aaron Rodgers, his value doesn't diminish. If he sits out the entire season, it saves the Packers a bunch of money. It costs him a fortune. And you wind up trading him, I think, for even more once the season ends. So I don't think he's getting traded anywhere. I definitely do not believe it will be to Washington. And fear not. I'm telling you, my man, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to have a good year. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been sneaky good the last three seasons. And with that, those skill position players who don't get nearly enough attention and that defense, which has a chance to be the best in the whole sport, Washington's going to be really good this year. Screening on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Yeah, Washington will be real great. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's, he's a, that's a Cowboy fan talking. He's always been, Cowboy fans are very, very noisy in July. <laughs> you, cowboy fans, this is their best month. Uh, we'll be quite noisy in the fall. Don't you worry. I know that. And I'll get you a tissue to blow your nose because you'll be so sad and crying. Yeah, anyways, now. Ryan is on the line. Ryan, you're on ESPN Radio. Ryan, what do you want to know? Greeny, I've got two questions. One's golf. And one, I need to prove Hembo semi-wrong. Golf is, do you wish, do you think we are to bring excitement to golf to every tournament and get rid of the quiet like we have at Ryder Cups and that we have at uh, the Phoenix Open? Should we get more enthusiastic with fans? Yes, I don't have any problem with that so long as it, obviously, you cannot have it impacting the players. The players, so, so the raucous nature of it, I've not seen it spill over to a place at the Ryder Cup and certainly not in Phoenix where they interfere with the guys when they're trying to hit the ball. So long as they don't do that, yes, I'm in favor of it. Now, here's what I'm really interested in. Going after Hembo. Let me hear it. All right, so Hembo, I'm a fan. Got to meet you all a couple years ago. I've coached in Texas. Football's king everywhere in the world. I think the reason the coaches are laid back in their attire is because football coaches get to do it, and that's why the basketball coaches are enjoying being dressed way laid back. Hambo had said that it was – he tweeted me saying that it was because they're outside and all those things. I think it's irrelevant. I think the coaches do it. If football's doing it, that's why basketball likes to do it. 
That's a good call. Thank you very much. It is a good call. Stace brought that up to me yesterday. I, I, I came home, we were it? talking about this. She brought in the football piece of it. Where do we stand on that? So to, to you, does it make any difference that the NBA coaches are inside and primarily the football coaches are outside? Well, I mean, yeah, the football coaches have to dress somewhat differently for the elements. Right. But, I mean, it's very hard for me to criticize Mike Budenholzer wearing a quarter zip when Bill Belichick for years has been wearing a a, a dirty hoodie <laughs> with the sleeves cut off okay. in games. It's, you know, it's a thing. And does it make any difference to you that they're wearing headsets? They're wearing equipment. Are, are you good with a coach wearing a suit and tie with a head with a headset and a pack on his belt? Mike Ditka did it. Mike Ditka coached the Bears in a suit and tie. Respect. Vince Lombardi did it. Tom Landry did it. If it was good enough for them, it should be good enough for you. We have a huge hour on the way, including the traditional Friday Who You Got. Stick around. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.